Hello and welcome to the NeuroPharm Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colby Burns, Doctor of Pharmacy. There's over 4 million podcasts in the United States, but we are certainly glad you're choosing to listen to this one with all the options out there. We hope we can provide you with something educational, informational around the field of alternative mental health and inspire hope for those with mental health conditions who are looking for non-standard uh, pharmacologic treatments. Today, we are going to talk about Amanita muscaria, which is a product we have not discussed yet on this podcast. I have a special guest, Jeff Stevens. I will introduce him in just a second for our interview. I did want to provide some news here as we open. Uh, the FDA three days ago issued a warning letter to patients and healthcare providers about the use of compounded ketamine products obtained from online pharmacies. We talked two episodes ago about ketamine. So mentioned specifically that, you know, we did not recommend as pharmacists, as licensed providers using ketamine that you purchase from these online pharmacies, because it really should be used if you have no experience, especially with the drug in the setting of a doctor's offices where you can be monitored for side effects and safety concerns. There's also a concern we didn't discuss called ketamine bladder, which is associated with prolonged use of ketamine. They're finding patients have symptoms of blood in the urine or frequent urination or inflammation of the urinary tract called cystitis. So this is something that's more data is coming out about that could be a risk factor for people using ketamine long term, um, say more than three times a week for more than a period of a month. We don't know specifically how long you have to use ketamine to have this symptom occur, but it's another side effect we didn't talk about with prolonged use of ketamine. Um, there's also concern that ketamine could lower the seizure threshold. So for those who have a history of epilepsy, really only use it if you've been screened by a medical provider. Um, more to come on that, but again, ketamine, I think, poses a significant uh, breakthrough in treatment of major depressive disorder, but it needs to be used safely and in the right settings. And definitely concerned about these unlicensed products that are flooding the market right now. But we will start our interview about Amanita muscaria, and I'm going to introduce my guest for today, Jeff Stevens. Colby, thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Amanita, for those who don't know, is the red and white stereotypical mushroom that anyone who's played the Super Mario Brothers video game franchise is familiar with and seen. The uh, red cap with the white dots. I should say that's Amanita muscaria because there are other species of Amanita Correct. which are not this appearance. But the one we are talking about today, Amanita muscaria, that is the physical appearance of the mushroom. Um, and I want to ask Jeff, what is special about this mushroom and why kind of this product line was launched? Sure. Yeah, thank you. So the company is Psych Wellness and the, our flagship product is Calm, which, as you point out, is derived from the Amanita muscaria mushroom. Um, it's a very special mushroom and, and often misunderstood, mislabeled as poisonous. And as a result of that, um, you know, I think it's been left on its own while we've seen a real sort of resurgence of interest in, in other psychedelic uh, compounds from, from mushrooms, etc. So um, when we discovered Amanita muscaria and uh, the main compound that we focus on is muscimol, uh, when we discovered uh, through some trial and error that we could actually uh, 
you know, end up with a safe for human consumption extract of that mushroom, um, we were quite excited because, um, you know, we're, we're excited to bring to market along the lines of what you were talking about earlier with ketamine, uh, some health and wellness solutions for consumers where they don't need that prescription. They don't need to go to a pharmacist, uh, because it was never scheduled as a drug. We work with it as a food supplement. We have what's called the self grass generally regarded as safe, which is an FDA path to market. So we have a legal for human consumption extract of the Amanita muscaria mushroom that is in calm. And we are to our knowledge, the only ones in the United States right now who have that. So the mushroom, because it was never scheduled as a drug, the mushroom itself is legal. However, if you look at the second layer of the law, it's illegal to sell a product for human consumption derived from that mushroom, unless you do the work that we've done and you've got the safety and the toxicology and all the studies to demonstrate that your extraction process is safe. So it's been, it's, it's really special. And you, you mentioned sort of that, you know, popular culture has made people aware of it. Alice in Wonderland, Super Mario Brothers, um, any, most images of a psychedelic mushroom use the Amanita mushroom, even though they're talking about uh, psilocybin, but because it's such a beautiful mushroom, that red and white mushroom cap, it's often used in that in that sort of uh, in that light for psychedelic. Yeah, mushrooms. I do see that image pop up all the time. If you're just googling mushroom or psilocybin, you see that image, which isn't a psilocybin mushroom; it's an Amanita muscaria. Uh, so this is the first Amanita muscaria product to reach the North American market, as far as I can tell. You're telling me it is. I haven't found any other product either. Um, that's out there. I honestly had not particularly even heard of this mushroom being used medicinally until I was at the MAPS conference in Denver. Um, I ran into the booth for Psyched Wellness and got me really interested in it. Um, why, you know, has it taken so long for such a product to reach the market? Uh, yeah, I think, Colby, the reason that you haven't seen other products come to market derived from the Amanita muscaria mushroom is when you initially do that search, most people do, they'll do a Google search and it'll come up and say it's a poisonous mushroom. And most people, rational people, would say, okay, next, we'll go on to the next one and look for something else. Um, my colleague and co-founder, David Schusel, he said, no, Jeff, this mushroom has been used for 5,000 years. The Siberian shamans have used it. Other indigenous groups have used it for ceremonial purposes. There's a safe way to get this and we should roll up our sleeves and do the work. So... My initial instinct, like many, was pass, not interested, let's find something else. David said, no, let's pause, let's do some work. So I think because because of that, people just overlooked it. Uh, and so we, we spent two and a half years. We did scientific studies. We did preclinical studies. We got all the safety data, the toxicology, neurobehavioral, uh, alcohol interaction. We did all those studies so that we could go and bring this forward to get approval to sell it as a food supplement safe for human consumption. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's just really about, there hasn't been a financial reason up to this date, because, you know, we've just seen this resurgence of interest in psychedelics and, and plant medicine that's coming to North America anyways. And with that, I think people like ourselves look for opportunities that exist that others have overlooked. So I think that's really the reason. Thank you. Um... And what are some of the challenges that, you know, Psyched has faced and continues to face in producing a marketing uh, comm and bringing this out to the general public? Yeah, so the great thing about being first is, you know, you get to sort of 
plant your flagpole down and, and claim it. Uh, the challenge is, you know, for three years that we've been doing this, up until about eight, 12 months ago, we were probably like the only guys out there talking about Amanita. Everyone else was talking about psilocybin and, and DMT and ketamine, et cetera. And, and so we didn't have a lot of people amplifying the message. So education, getting people past that first Google search where they look up Amanita and it says poisonous. Um, and then also there weren't too many studies out there to support it. So it really was doing the heavy lifting ourselves. And then dealing with social media platforms that have algorithms that immediately will just flag you and shut you down based on some of their preset criteria, uh, whether that is the image of the mushroom or actually talking about the mushroom or it being confused as a psychedelic, even though it's a food supplement approved for sale. So there's a lot of challenges that happen, but uh, at the same time, you know, we're, we're proud to, to be the pioneers leading that and, and using that opportunity to educate people and try to do it in a really responsible fashion so that people know they're getting a safe standardized product each time they buy it, they understand what they can expect from it um, versus some of the online, um, some of the online vendors that are there where they they'll sell a product, not for human consumption in quote marks, and then say direct message me to learn how to take it and start off slow and work your way up because it is a very tricky mushroom to work with. You know, we've spent a lot of time perfecting our extraction to get to a point where you have a standardized uh, result. And that's because there's a lot of water content in it. So depending on where those mushrooms are harvested, you're going to have different compositions of those compounds. And so your extraction process might take longer or shorter, depending on that, to get to the results. Working with third-party labs, you know, CGMP uh, manufacturing facilities, those are all the sort of things that we've done to get to this point. So... Yeah, that is a very valid point. Um, I would not trust anyone who says, uh, try this and, and take my advice on how to, to dose it safely. That seems a little risky. Um, and certainly something that is validated and tested is definitely safer in that regard. But uh, it is considered the FDA calls it a food product and not a supplement. Um, is that the same? You're only licensing the United States correction for distribution right now. Do you know why? Um, you know, it's not marketed as a supplement? Uh, well, because the mushroom it, it is a food. And so we worked with it as a as a food product. Uh, our our approvals are for a food supplement. So it's to be included in it. Within our grass approvals, we have multiple forms of delivery that we can work with. Uh, right now, it's a tincture, our flagship product, product com. But we have the ability to put it into gummies, into drinks, beverages, powderized, um, and have it that way as well. Okay. Where do you source the Amanita muscaria mushrooms from um, and what sort of testing to undergo prior to starting production? That's a great question. So the, the mushroom grows um, pretty well, you know, wherever there's pine tree forest and birch tree forest. Uh, the tricky part with this mushroom is that it, it has a symbiotic relationship with, the, with those trees. So you can't just take a substrate and grow this in a factory like you can with other mushrooms with reishi, et cetera. Um, you, you actually need to forage them um, and you need to work with groups of, of foragers who understand what they're looking for. So again, over three years, we've established quite an interesting uh, relationship with quite a group of interesting foragers who you know, started off as a hobby and, and now in some cases 
um, they've been able to turn this into a full-time job for themselves working with us. So uh, initially we we're sourcing our mushrooms from Ukraine, Russia, Poland. Right now it's mostly coming from Poland um, just because of the geopolitical tensions. Um, but we're, you know, we, we tested mushrooms from well, 10, 10 different regions and, and determined that the composition of the mushroom for our extract worked best from those geographic locations. Um, we have been looking in the United States and Canada as well. But again, we just with the testing that we've done, we found for the extraction purpose, it works best there. Yes, I believe you mentioned uh, we had we had recorded previously and had to re-record because uh, of some technical issues. But I believe you mentioned that you made a decision as a company not to source from Russia either with the war going on with Ukraine. Yeah, at 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 the time of our last uh, raw material purchase, um, it was certainly at the at the beginning stages of of the war with Ukraine, and uh, you know we just felt that the proper thing to do as a corporate citizen was to to make that decision. Um, we stay in touch with the foragers that we work with in those regions because, you know, we don't necessarily want to penalize individuals, but from a corporate position, it, it, it was just the thing to do for us at that time. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we were so certainly such a small part of that process that, but, you know, from our position, we certainly uh, hope to re-engage with, with all the foragers that we've worked with. Um, when things settle and, uh, but for the meantime, that's the course. And how do you ensure, um, since you're naturally sourcing these mushrooms from the wild that, you know, there's a commitment to sustainability and if there's any concern about over harvesting or. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a serious question of concern from, uh, Amanita Muscaria communities that exist as we came to market. You're going to pick all the mushrooms. You're going to kill us. You're going to take them all away. Um, and certainly that's not, not our, um, not our focus. You know, we, we work with our foragers, uh, and we have very strict, um, guidelines on how we, uh, how we expect the mushrooms to be picked, uh, how they're to be processed immediately so that we can ensure, um, we maintain the, the, uh, most amount of the compounds, the integrity of that. Um, we ask them to use, um, open carry so whether it's baskets or bags with mesh so as they're collecting these the spores are able to fall back to the ground um and and work with you know packaging at site so you know if you you go there you've got a you're able to to uh take the tops off because we we don't want the stems we want the caps so again this has been a trial and error process working with various foragers to get to a point where you know we've i we've located people that understand why we need it done this way and they're willing to do it in that fashion um we pay you know a certain percentage up front i think it's 20 percent up front they ship them over we send them to a third party we have them uh analyzed for the percentage of of muscimol and then we make payment based on that it's a calculation of the weight versus the compound and then um do that so then the very neat thing and to your point we also test for the compounds so we make sure that we're not getting Amanita pantheria or some of the other mushrooms. You know, Amanita in the in the family of mushrooms, they have some of the most poisonous mushrooms in the world. So, to your point earlier, it's important to understand that you're getting the right mushroom, and that's what I would caution people. We we're talking about some of the vendors online. You know, some people are just buying powderized caps, and you know, working with that and making products, gummies, etc. Um, you just have no way of knowing that in 
in that package that you've got exactly what you think you've got. So there's a, there's a lot of risk to that. Um, for us, it's, you know, we're a publicly traded company um, and we can't take any risk of that nature. So we put these procedures and protocols in place to make sure that we test for, we test for the compounds. We test for other mushroom compounds too. So that way we know if they're there or not, we do heavy metal testing. Um, that's all part of what we do with our third party lab before, before the product even gets into the extraction process. And then we test again, post extraction. Yeah. Thank you. I like the using independent third party labs and not, you know, but they don't avoiding any conflict of interest or bias that may result. I think it's very beneficial as well. Yeah. It's again, you, you want to be able to stand behind it and, and doing it yourself, although might be more cost efficient. Uh, it just raises questions. So this way, uh, it's a, it's a validated lab. Um, they're actually one of the most proficient labs for, for Amanita muscaria testing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's amazing, uh, Colby, you know, when we started this, we started to see recently, as I mentioned, sort of in the last eight months, more interest in Amanita. And I think when we were talking on our, on the last time, you see, there's a lot of gummies coming to market and, and products similar to that in sort of head shops where they says Amanita muscaria, legal psychedelic mushroom. We've taken, we've taken about 10 to 15 packages from various companies to that third party lab and had them tested. And in most cases, they have zero Amanita muscaria, so no zero muscimol or ibotenic acid, muscarine. Uh, it's just psilocybin or you know DMT. Um, if they do have some, they actually have a higher ibotenic acid content than they do muscimol, which in our opinion is is the wrong approach. Um, the extraction we do converts ibotenic acid into muscimol. Muscimol is the compound that gives the desired effect that we're looking for with our product, which is to help you relax. If your intention is to fall asleep, you take it a half hour before you want to go to bed. It's going to put you in a in a place where it's very easy to fall asleep, um, and you're going to wake up feeling refreshed. Whereas some people who use melatonin or CBD, for example, express that feeling of like a grogginess the next morning. Um, with muscimol, you you don't feel that. So it's it's an interesting time. As I said, we're proud to be the pioneers and first moving with it, and we're trying to educate people and demonstrate that there's a proper way of doing this and bringing a product to market that's safe, bring in an extract. We'll sell our extract bulk to some, some other groups, as long as we feel they're aligned in, you know, wanting to bring a product to market that's safe and, you know, not, not going for that sort of, you know, psychedelic, cause it's not, it's a, the compound is very different than psilocybin, even though they're both mushrooms and they have psychoactive properties. You know, when you take muscle in larger doses, it's similar to alcohol. It hits your GABA A receptor. So it's more like, being inebriated, if you take a larger dose and you get into sort of the, the dream state where you can go into, which is, which is another area. But again, it's, it's not, in my opinion, it's, it's not people who are chasing or looking for that psychedelic experience that you would have with magic mushrooms. This is a very different experience. Yeah. Thank you for, for staying that. And I know that specifically you've kind of recommended this product as a sleep and anxiety um, supplements or something that can help in relieving some of the symptoms. We can't say it treats those conditions because that would be against FDA yeah, labeling we, uh, regulations, we, we, but the marketed for those conditions. Yeah, we haven't done human clinical trials on it, so we can't make claims to it. Um, we can talk about the science and how, you know, how GABA-A agonists and how they, how they affect that and and then we have incredible amount of anecdotal experience and evidence from our consumers who have shared with us how this is, you know, 
changed their life, how it's helped them, how they're able to now finally sleep through the night or, you know, their anxiousness has been reduced from that. So, you know, we, we really do encourage our consumers to share the feedback with us because that's really one of our better marketing tools. Yeah. Um, have you heard about any consumers or patients using this talking about benefits for neuropathic pain? I did read a study from 2014 showing that escalating ammonite muscaria doses has helped uh, some patients lead to neuropathic pain relief. So, yeah, so we, again, it's very tricky um, for us, we, you know, when, when people ask us about that, they say, oh, how is this going to interact with, I'm currently taking this medication, how's it going to interact with that? And, and the unfortunate part is, you know, we're a small company, we can't test it against all the various uh, medications in the market. So, um, you know, we, we really refrain from giving any advice to that. We'd say, please consult with your physician and, and sort of move on. And, and we haven't, you know, we, we have had a number of our consumers come back and share with us, um, that they're you're finding that it's working, um, in some extent some situations it's people who uh, are trying trying to wean themselves off benzos or alcohol um, I think because it hits the same receptor it, it sort of makes that process a little easier um, but yeah we, we, we don't have anything specific to that we don't have any studies to cite either okay um, yeah I guess it'd be just this antidotal feedback from patients if anyone has said anything but it does you're you're correct about the GABA receptors is the primary target of alcohol as well um primarily acts on GABA so that's something I'd thought about whether there would be any benefit for someone who's trying to withdraw from alcohol obviously we don't have enough data at all to say that but in from a pharmacologic standpoint it's possible that it could be effective um and it's sold as a is it um Tincture, you know, take it under the tongue um, at bedtime. Can it be mixed uh, in beverages as well, or is that something that uh, some people? Yeah, do? so I, I take it. It's it, it's the straight extract. It's got a little a slight corn flavoring to it. I'll take it myself, just plain, uh, two milliliters, so two full droppers, about a half hour before bed. My wife, she'll take it with a glass of water. She doesn't like taking it straight, so you can mix it with with water with tea. Um, and, and to your point, like, you know, we ourselves, as we've been working with this and testing it and, and seeing how, it, how it affects us in different doses, et cetera, um, you, you can use this and, you know, we'll mix it ourselves, uh, with Coca-Cola and, and, uh, we say having common, common cola and, and because it does hit your GABA receptor, you, you get a, a, a sensation of, of that you would be similar to if you were having a couple glasses of wine. So, um, it's kind of neat in that respect. Um, we do we do have people sharing that anecdotal experience, whether it's weaning themselves off alcohol, smoking. Um, you know, I think it's just because it hits that GABA where you're getting that sort of pleasure sensation, uh, so you don't have that withdrawal from it. But uh, it's it's fun. Uh, you know, it's fun to test and work with it. And you know, we recently secured an investment uh, from a group called Goth and Green Partners in the United States. And we will be working now, we are working with them now on some new product development and we're, we'll be excited to share that with people. But, you know, certainly it'll be recognizing that how this interacts with the GABA and, and doing something along those lines. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Um, and I was kind of leads into the next question of what's, what's next for psyched wellness, you know, uh, R&D wise, is there 
other areas you're looking at expanding for the company and new product lines coming out? Yeah, so the tincture was the flagship. Um, we we have been working with some groups that have been using our bulk extract in in gummies, and uh, we'll look to bring some gummies of our own on and have it in. We've done some R and D on on using it topically, so uh, it it because again it hits those pain receptors. Uh, people have had really good success with it as a topical uh, cream and ointment to for inflammation and pain. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot in the pipeline, and you know. Perhaps when we, we do make that first uh, press release announcement of sort of that next product that we're working on, um, you know, I can reach out to you, circle back, and we talk a little bit more about it. Okay, thank you. I would definitely like to hear that. Um, I know you also discussed that there's sort of white label and private label opportunities. Uh, how has this developed over time with the company and what you're looking to? So you're looking for you know, people that are like-minded and want to create a product that is validated and, and beneficial and not something that's mislabeled, which there are a lot of mislabeled supplements out there, especially in CBD, but even now we're getting functional mushrooms where testing shows it doesn't have what it says it has in the labels. So, yeah, that's been the hardest part of it. There, there was a, an immense amount of interest when we, when we sort of first press release that we've got our product, we got our approvals and we're moving out and that we would consider um, you know, bulk sales of our extract. There was a lot of interest from groups, uh, mostly sort of looking to do a gummy. And in most cases, you know, not aligning with with what our hope is for Amanita as, as the sector continues to grow. So we've been, you know, we screen them and, and, and really sort of want to work with groups that, you know, they're not looking to do a package that has the melting you know, eye or mushroom and attracting sort of, you know, the younger kids and, and trying to, trying to get into that. We're really, you know, there's, there's a much larger market available here. And I, that's what I've told each and every one of the people that we've had a conversation with. I said, everybody in the world suffers with sleep. Like, you know, like the, the, the percentage of population of people who, who struggle with getting a good night's sleep and have anxiousness, um, you know, that's that, in my opinion, is sort of where you should be looking with this as 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 an audience that you can market to. Um, so we've we've been sort of focused on people who are who are more wellness um, focused rather than recreationally focused, and and that's I think something that we will continue to do. Yeah, thank you. Um, can you tell me with calm? Uh, one question I had about this product is how frequently is it designed to be taken? Do you, do people use it every day? Do you know if it's more beneficial to use it every day? You know, do you sort of build up in your blood or is it something that can be an as needed kind of thing to use when you feel like you're really anxious? And yeah, well, I, I can give you my experience as the co-founder and CEO and the longest, you know, continuous user of the product. And I would take it every day when we initially came came out with this product. Um, I would take it every day because I wanted to understand it and see it. And and then after about three four months, that was every other day, every third day. I'm now you know fast forward a year. I I now take it two or three times a month. It it is incredible from my personal experience. The two things that I found really really incredible. I can go to bed when I'm tired. And fall asleep like I did 
as a, as a child. Um, it, it's just a matter of just, I'm tired. I want to sleep. I can go to sleep. It's, it's almost helped sort of reset that for me. And one of the secondary benefits that I've noticed, which for me as a 50 year old man has been life-changing is the, the anti-inflammatory qualities of this. And again, it's anecdotal. I can't make a claim to it, but I can just tell you from my own experience with regular use of, of this, uh, of calm, I used to wake up in the morning and, and my knees would be so sore. I'd hold on to my railings walking down the stairs. And then over the course of this year, I, I noticed I'm not sore anymore and I'm not holding on to the railing. And I would hold on to the railing because I was afraid that I might fall, like the knees might give out. And uh, I take those stairs two at a time now. And the only thing that has changed in my routine and my diet was the introduction of calm on a regular basis. So, you know, I think from a continued use, I think you listen to your body, um, you know, start off with it on a regular basis because you want to get into that rhythm. You want to get, give it the opportunity to, to get into your system, but listen to your body. And, you know, if after two, three weeks, oh, maybe I don't need it every day. I do it every other day. Oh, no, I didn't fall asleep. Well, okay, do it again. But then get to yourself, get yourself to a point where this is just sort of, for me anyways, I think of it as I just need a little boost. In, in the system to get me back into that rhythm again. So I'll take calm and then I'm good for a little while again. So that's, that's how it's worked for me personally. Um, and we are asking our consumers to share with us how they're using it. And, and if they are able to sort of get themselves from, you know, taking it every day to taking it once every two, three days. Cause for us, uh, you know, we're learning with our consumers as well. Um, you know, the, the right way to sort of frame this for people. Yeah, and I've I've read about even microdosing with Amanita. Uh, there was a recent article published just a couple of days ago in Wired magazine, which I'll I'll put a link in the uh, podcast in the notes from the show description um, about people microdosing Amanita and teas to help relieve stress and anxiety. So that's a whole nother even area to explore, I guess, is microdosing or taking very small amounts of the um, tincture. Yeah. To see what well, kind of benefits a portion, yeah. a portion of our consumer base that's what they'll use it for so they don't use it for sleep they take it during the day to help them with their anxiousness and you know they'll take a milliliter in the morning and they'll take another one in the afternoon and they find that that just gives them that calming sensation and you know calm people people question that the the name calm when we came with this product because like oh you can't trademark it there's so many different calms calm magnesiums everywhere but it really just is the best name to describe the product and, and the feeling that you get from it because it, it does it just is like you know that feeling you get when you have a glass of wine it just sort of relaxes you and puts you in this state and and our consumers have yeah there's there's a, a good portion of them who are using it throughout the day in that microdose sort of um in that range of microdosing if you will where they find it effective for that yeah, there is a lot of products named Calm, by the yeah. way. I, <laughs> I was Googling, trying to find, just searching for Calm, and there's a lot of, uh, it's a very common yeah, name. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's a challenge. And I think, you know, we talked about what are some of your challenges. If we were to go back, maybe knowing what we know now, we would have said, although it is the perfect name for the product, it's not perfect for launching a product and getting eyeballs and making it easy for people to find it. Um, you know, we're on Amazon.com now. It's not easy to find. There's a lot of products on Amazon and there's a lot of products called calm. So in, in retrospect, I, I, I think I would have preferred to, to not have gone with the name that actually described the product experience, 
and maybe pick the name that was easier for people to find when they're looking for it. But you live and you learn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to ask about side effects. Uh, what information are you collecting at all on side effects? And uh, particularly, is there kind of a dose-dependent effect? Are you seeing, obviously, there's a way the product is intended to be taken on the package label, but, uh, you know, with anybody is reporting higher than recommended use, what sort of side effects might they experience from that? Yeah. So we have had some people and, and a very small percentage, like if you were say out of a thousand units sold, we would have maybe four or five people that have come to us and say, you know, this, this was awful. I, I had the worst dreams of my life. I, I woke up sweating and we're very sorry. We, our policy is not to refund. Um, because it's a, you know, it's a one-time use sort of, like you open the bottle. We don't know if you put something in afterwards, but in situations like that, if it's been a distressing experience for someone and they've taken the time to reach out to us, to give us the feedback so that we can take that and try to understand it better, uh, you know, or we'll refund them for that, uh, purchase that they had. And we just ask them, please throw it out. Don't take it any longer and talk with your physician because we're, we're not doctors. We can't give you any guidance on that. But again, it, it has been uh, a very small percentage um, and one that our advisors say is actually lower than what one would expect when you're dealing with, you know, the broader population and giving guidance on on something like this, because everybody's body is going to interact differently. You know, with alcohol, for example, if you were to have one glass of wine and I had three glasses of wine, well, I'm a bigger guy, maybe maybe we have the same effect because of that. And, and so I think in this case, we, we feel very much that way, but we do keep track of it. We have a, a file where we monitor that and uh, we haven't had anything uh, escalate beyond that initial, Hey, this, I didn't like this or this didn't work or, you know, but it happens, you know, like every product, it, it it's not for everyone. Um, but we're, we're pretty, pretty fortunate that those numbers haven't been large. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, as a last question, you know, there are a lot of products out there in the wellness space for, for sleep and anxiety. Uh, you know, would you say, what are some of the, think the biggest benefits of Calm versus other supplements one could take or over-the-counter um, drugs one could turn to? Um, well, I, you know, again, I'll use my anecdotal experience um, and what we've heard from other uh, our other consumers who have been using it. The fact that it, it does, it works, you know, it does help you fall asleep. It's not a sleeping pill. It's, you know, it doesn't knock you out, but it makes, if your intention is to sleep, it makes that very easy and waking up feeling refreshed versus some of the other products that I've tried, um, you know, where you wake up the next morning, you slept, but you, you, you don't feel that you've had that deep sleep where you're feeling, you know, there's a bit of a grogginess. We've actually asked some of our consumers, we, those who have the aura rings, we've been asking them to share with us that data um, because we think that would be pretty good insightfulness. And what we're seeing from some of them is that they're actually in that deep sleep longer. They get in the REM sleep. And, and we think that might be what is um, the difference between, you know, feeling groggy when you wake up and not. But again, it comes down to capital and the ability to do more studies and depth studies and you know, in the environment that we've been in the last two years for small and micro cap companies, 
Um, attracting new capital has been challenging and uh, there wasn't a lot available for research and development. So we really focused on the product development and getting to market and generating sales. Um, but down the road, we would definitely like to, we think we've just scratched the surface of, uh, of what AME-1, which is our proprietary extract of the Amanita mushroom. We really feel that we've just scratched the surface of, of that. And when the time is right and capital is available, we would definitely like to utilize, you know, the expertise that sits on our board. We've got Professor David Nutt, uh, I think he was just named this week as the top uh, pharmacologist um, in the world for psychedelics. Or Someone on my team just sent it to me. I'll share it with you, Kobe, but very interesting. And you'd probably like to have a conversation with him. He's prescribed more, more uh, <laughs> drugs than any other uh, doctor in the UK, So as far as that goes. So he's, uh, he's a very, very interesting gentleman, um, and he's quite keen to do uh, some more studies on AME-1 and muscimol. Um, you know, he thinks that we are where psilocybin was 10 years ago, and he's really excited to roll up his sleeves. So, you know, that, that could be a future, future thing for us to look at for sure. I am familiar yeah, with Dr. Nutt's work. I've, I've read several articles he's published and uh, definitely that's great. I didn't know he's on your board. I probably should look that up, but that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, and I do think there is a lot of potential for muscimol. I agree. We're only, uh, there's a lot of knowledge out there that probably hasn't been uncovered yet. As you said, this product has been used ammonita for, for millennia. Um, but all that ancient wisdom sometimes is not accepted or doesn't fit our Western narrative of Western medicine. So we need to uncover it and use our own methods of placebo controlled environments to assess. But I think there's a lot of potential out there. I agree with you. Yeah. Just, I'm just looking at the note from my, my team. Yeah. So professor David Nutt was, has been ranked the world's top pharmacologist. So yeah, it's a, you know, he, he's a incredible gentleman. Anytime we have a chance to, to get together and talk and catch up, uh, you just learn so much. And uh, yeah, I would be, thrilled to put you in touch with him. I think the two of you would get along really well. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Maybe he'd be willing to come on the show. Uh, I thank you for your time and being here too. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts, but I think we covered a lot of the ground here. Yeah, today. no, it's been great. I I've enjoyed it. And again, I would welcome the opportunity to come back on. Certainly uh, when we make an announcement about our next product, I'm a little bit cute with it, but again, as a public company material news, we have to disseminate it to everyone at the same time in a, in a fair environment. So um, once that's press released, I'd love to come on and sort of talk to you about that. Cause it's gonna, it's gonna talk about a whole, I think a whole new sector and demonstrate sort of a new path forward for the company. Uh, and I think it should be very exciting. All right. Thank you. That is Jeff Stevens. Again, the CEO of psyched wellness. Uh, I do want to share an affiliate link to psyched wellness for those who are interested in reading more about the product or purchasing it for themselves. It'll be in the notes at the bottom of the podcast. And as always, our legal disclaimer, this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. As licensed pharmacists, we do not advocate for the self-administration of products designed to be given only under medical supervision, nor do we recommend for or against the use of products listed as Schedule 1 under Drug Enforcement Administration guidance, nor do we recommend using prescription-only products that have not been prescribed to you by a licensed prescriber. We assume no responsibility for any legal repercussions that may occur to the individual after the use of federally illicit substances. The substance we talked about today, Kevin Mascaria, is not federally legal, but that is the disclaimer for the podcast for those who have heard it a million times.
Thank you for being here and joining us. Um, tune in. We'll have an episode on mad honey next. We're going to look at uh, hallucinogenic honey, which has been used in Nepal and Turkey and other cultures for a long time. Another sort of ancient substance, which is gathering more interest today. But until next time, thank you very much. This podcast is presented for educational and informational purposes only. As licensed pharmacists, we do not advocate for the self-administration of products designed to be given only under medical supervision, nor do we recommend for or against the use of products listed as Schedule 1 under Drug Enforcement Administration guidance, nor do we recommend using prescription-only products that have not been prescribed to you by a licensed prescriber. We assume no responsibility for any legal repercussions that may occur to the individual after the use of federally illicit substances.